This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi everyone, it's Alice and welcome to Weekly Woman. Fall is the season of reflection, thinking about your daily routine, your family, and giving thanks to the life you have. It's easy to get overwhelmed in the routine of the day with meals to cook, work, children, and family members to look after, and the madness of this year. But taking the time to practice gratitude by implementing maybe one or two of these ideas can help you find gratitude in your daily life routine. Put a post-it note on your front door so you see it every time you walk out the door. Write on it, gratitude. When you see the post-it, then you have to think of something you're grateful for. I have a chalkboard in my apartment where I write inspirational quotes and sometimes my grocery list. Right now it says reconnaissance, which means gratitude in French. Tell someone how much you love or appreciate them every day. It can be your partner, your children, or even a coworker over Zoom about something you appreciate about what they're doing. Lift others up around you. I try to say something nice to my sister every day. Sometimes you just need to tell someone how much you love them. Notice the beauty around you. There's always something to appreciate. I like to look out my window at my work from home desk and watch the birds in the trees in my backyard. Go for a walk. Sometimes you just need to get some fresh air. Even if it's just five minutes on your lunch break, make sure to breathe. Sometimes I just walk to the grocery store and get a sparkling water. It's so pleasant to be outside for a little while, of course, with my mask on. When you smile, you're automatically happier. Smile right now. Volunteer for an organization you love. I live next to Central Park and I love the park, so I volunteer once a month to help with gardening. I meet other people who love the park and I appreciate it a little more. It's been a little challenging with the pandemic, but I've continued to garden on my own. This week on the podcast, we have someone who really embodies this spirit of gratitude. Her mission is to create real friendships between the women of New York City, and I can't wait for you to hear more about her. Here's Jane. Jane Taylor is a woman on a mission to change the world, or at least New York City through kindness. Growing up in Australia, she moved to New York at 18 to pursue a career in acting. Along the way, she discovered that what she was searching for was a place where she could connect with other women in the vastness of the city. Jane started the camaraderie to create a space for genuine friendship and fascinating, memorable experiences, providing an open space for women that is free of pressures and pretenses among the hustle and bustle of New York City. We're talking to Jane all about her life, her group, womanhood. Thank you for joining us, Jane. Thank you. That was such a flattering introduction. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) This like, you are a wonderful individual. So makes it sound like I got my life together. (laughs) We're all like figuring that out at the same time. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we kind of start this podcast with some more fun questions. Um, What is your favorite word in the dictionary? I have an answer for this that's kind of funny. There's a word in the English dictionary that has an actual meaning. I love this word not for the meaning that it has, um, but for my experience (laughs) with the word. Um, The word is footing, right? Which you would say, you know, you can foot the bill or you can put it on a ladder. That's not why I like it. The (laughs) The reason why the word footing is hilarious to me is because I recently started learning Spanish. And in the process of learning Spanish, I've been teaching some Spanish people English. And a hilarious discovery is that in Spain, they think the word for jogging is footing. So we were in the park 
and you're like looking, no, I'm serious. Or in the park and you see someone walking or running or you see someone jogging and somebody was like, oh, they're footing. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? And like, <laughs> I haven't gotten to the bottom of where that came from or why that happened. But then this friend asked another friend like, hey, in English, what do you say for that? And he was like, oh, that's footing. I was like, that doesn't what? exist. <laughs> for a little bit i know in english it's hilarious and you should have seen my face when i first heard it it's amazing that's amazing oh wow yeah. <laughs> you didn't expect that one huh? <laughs> jane what is your favorite thing to cook mm, this is hard i love cooking i love cooking which i don't really know if you can call it cooking because i don't like following recipes i like just creating <laughs> with whatever's in the house great but, <laughs> yeah and most of the time it's edible one of my favorite things is uh cooking uh any thai soups like lemongrass ginger based or coconut milk curries i think what yeah i love them they taste so good and they're like warm comfort food but they're still light it's not like how you know you learn how to cook them um, I think I ate a lot of them from takeout places. <laughs> you know what the key is? It's discovering lemongrass. It's such an interesting um, ingredient that, you know, when I first heard that like lemongrass is a thing, I just, it's so foreign and most people don't know about it. But if you, if you steep that in a soup and simmer it for a while, the, the flavor that comes is so intense and so rich and it like warms your soul. I love oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't even know how to cook lemongrass, but that sounds delightful. It's pretty easy to figure out. And then oh. Thai soups are amazing because you can add things like bamboo shoots and mushrooms, and they're like one of my favorite favorite ingredients ever. So. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, you always host uh, camaraderie, camaraderie cocktail parties every month. What has been your favorite cocktail from one of the parties? <laughs> I love the month um, that we, it was last year, obviously, cocktail parties have taken a backseat this year to uh, Zoom game nights, but I love the month that we uh, served Aperol spritzes. I discovered them one summer in Venice, right around four or five o'clock, everyone in Venice City goes to a bar, sits outside, and has, a, has an Aperol spritz with some potato chips as a way to start their wow. evening. Just the most refreshing, relaxing thing ever. <laughs> And you've traveled everywhere. You mentioned Spain, you mentioned Venice already in this conversation. Where is your favorite place you've ever been? <laughs> I think I have to say Spain. Uh, it's okay. for the, the food, the culture, the music, um, the way of life of the people. There is not a lot of, from my experience so far, there's not a lot of competition there. And just the way they view other humans that they encounter, there's not... A lot of judgment it's just like you meet somebody and if you like each other you're straight up to like being considered family level and i think that's beautiful um i also adore greece and croatia oh going to greece and croatia in the summertime is like the pinnacle of existence it feels <laughs> like you're just living a dream <laughs> oh my gosh i want to make it there so badly <laughs> you have to i mean flight prices these days for better or worse yeah. unusual so <laughs> Okay, if you could have any other profession than your own, what would it be? Well, let's see. I spent a lot of time when I was a kid, or maybe even an adolescent, thinking that I wanted to be a florist because I thought that it would be beautiful to wake up every morning and go into my office or shop and just smell flowers. And oh my gosh. 
given every <laughs> I know, right? Given everything that's going on in, in life and the world right now, I think I was onto something. I feel like yeah. that's probably one of the best professions you could have. Um, it would also be interesting to challenge myself more than I ever really have dared to. And I think it'd be so cool to be like an astrophysicist or I don't know, marine biologist, of course, is a typical one that people say, but how cool would that be? Because I feel be like so cool. The things you would study and discover are kind of otherworldly, either in the universe or under the ocean. I don't know. So they always say it's never too late to start. We'll see where life takes me. <laughs> yeah, you could, you could do it. And like, I think my favorite marine biologists that I knew like on TV were like the girls on H2O. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you remember that show? Okay, I know because like transitioning to you're from Australia. <laughs> I am. I, yes, I like just dreamed about like Melbourne and like where, where that would take me. Yeah. Um, can you talk about what brought you to the U.S.? Yeah, so I, I moved here when I was 18, which I planned to be here for two years going to acting school, actually. And then, yeah, I got real lucky with visas and, and, and things that allowed me to stay afterwards. So I think I'm on my 11th year now, uh, which is never plan. No. Um, but yeah, I came, I came for acting school. I was conservatory trained in theater. And then I spent five or six years auditioning, doing short films, doing theater pieces, things like that. Um, before I discovered what was my passion of bringing people together and started the camaraderie. And that's kind of taken over my life happily since then. <laughs> Amazing. And what's your favorite part about the city? I think my response is going to start out kind of cliche, the diversity. Um, but it's, it's true. New York city is given how much I've been fortunate to travel and all the different places I've seen, there is nowhere like New York, ab like absolutely nowhere. And, I think if you spend more than two or three years in New York living, mm. after that kind of, you encounter a lot of love, hate, a lot of challenges. The city is really rough to live in. If you speak about realistic logistics of living in the city, things that people don't talk about too much. Um, but no matter how much it challenges you and you long to be in the middle of a forest, living in a tree house, um, as soon as you're, <laughs> In the middle of the forest, you like can't wait to come back to the city. And there's a reason for that. And um, I, I think it's the best place on planet Earth for people who are curious like myself. You just get to all day long, people watch people living their lives in so many different types of ways. And that's the coolest thing ever. And there's just so much energy. It's like the air vibrates, I don't know, more than anywhere else. And um, yeah, yeah, I think anything is possible in New York, you know? Yeah. Um, again, it sounds super cliche, but it's so true. You, there's just not a lot of limits. So I love that. <laughs> I think that's really true. Like right when I got back home to California, I was like, okay, when am I going back to New York? <laughs> Always the same. Honestly, it doesn't matter if I'm in Greece or Croatia or wherever we've mentioned somewhere like fairy tale. You just want to go back <laughs> in New York, man. Yeah. You get back here and it's like you can breathe again until it starts to feel like you can't breathe here and then you take a break and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor, Jubilance for PMS. It's a daily supplement that helps you be you. Jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of PMS. That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. 
and thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product. It's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilance Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. Yeah. Um, but life has been a little different right now. Can you talk about what you've been up to in quarantine? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little different for sure. I think what's kept me most busy, we, uh, the camaraderie, which we'll talk more about in a moment, I'm sure, uh, we're an events based social group for women in the city. And, um, we, <laughs> it's funny now kind of looking back in hindsight, it's like, Oh, well, you know, everyone's stuck at home. It's the perfect way to kind of figure out ways to keep women connected to each other and keep their, the social part of their mind and hearts beating, um, for the sake of mental health. Um, everything with the quarantine situation and the current landscape of circumstances in the world and New York happened so fast. I really had to figure it out on a whim. Um, and we, we did manage to trans, um, to transfer all of our events online pretty quickly. So over the past, I guess it's been like six months now. What the? Yeah, over the past six months of, of staying at home a little bit more, we have done about 40, more than 40 virtual events. So Amazing. that's kept me very busy, but it's been really cool to see how that can work. <laughs> can you talk a little bit, a bit more about what is the camaraderie uh, for all our listeners? Sure. So the camaraderie is a social group that I run. Um, it, we are just a couple of days past our four-year anniversary, which Woo! is very Thank you. <laughs> I, I actually kind of missed it. I realized the next day, you know, how that happens sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been really cool to see that it's survived for this long, a lot of time on pure passion of mine. Uh, but it started out very much as an experiment. I was like, trying to figure out if I was the only crazy one in New York who was super lonely. I, I feel like I can make friends with a tree. Like I really don't <laughs> have problems connecting with people usually. Um, but about the five or six year mark of living in New York City, I, I had, had made two best friends. And in the same week, they both moved back to the countries they, they had come from because of their visas. Um, oh. I have no family in the States. Um, and, you know, after being out of my home country for six years, my friendships there had kind of started to weaken a little bit too, as they naturally do. And one day I just woke up, my two friends were gone and I felt so crushingly alone. Um, and I felt like I had to start again. And that's wild, like to have to build your support system from the ground up after six years of living in a city. And I was like, this cannot be normal. And, uh, I kind of tried to breach the subject a little bit when I would have coffee with somebody, a friend or, you know, any social situation I found myself in, I'd be like, are you like kind of lonely? Like, I don't know. I don't really have any good girlfriends that I could just call up and cry to if I needed to. Um, and I found that me sort of opening up that little Pandora's box led a lot of people that I was speaking to to be like, yeah, I'm borderline depressed a lot of the time. And, and that's not fair. 
that's not fair to to have a city that's so transient and so difficult to live in sometimes but there's no real way to make authentic friendships most people are expected to be friends with their coworkers, which i think is kind of crazy um lucky if you have great coworkers, but you know yeah. having a wider range of possibilities is important too um so i started the camaraderie with a focus on kindness authenticity um laid backness it's it's <laughs> a really cool um group place in the city where we don't take ourselves so seriously like most other things kind of encourage you to around new york and it's also not industry based you don't have to be like in architecture to be part of it or in tech it's just open for every kind of woman and it's it's formed the most beautiful community i'm really honored to be part of it let alone running it <laughs> yes and i have to tell everyone listening i am also part of the camaraderie and i had to reach out to jane because it is the greatest community in new york um and i think that's so true like you there are so many people all around you all the time and yet you can still be very lonely when you live in the city and like i think especially right now like we need this community and we need like a social thing that's not about like competition or like um kind of like being friends with your coworkers. um i had like trouble with like uh all of my friends we were in direct competition with each other because i knew everyone from graduate school who was a director and like we're all competing for the same jobs and it's hard um so it's yeah. nice to be with so many people in different industries and in a group that's not about industry or networking which is so unusual for new york Thank you. Yeah, it's crazy to me. I mean, this idea kind of came during the or the, the realization of the need for this. It's not even an idea. It's just a necessity. Um, what this group offers, and it, it became increasingly obvious to me when I was acting. And any event I went to, it was most of them were not supposed to be networking events. Like I was there for a totally other, totally different purpose. And the first question out of people's mouths in New York is always what do you do mm -hmm. and i would be like oh i'm an actor which is hard to call yourself an actor when you're not you know in blockbusters and getting paid i was going to say getting paid big bucks, big bucks. <laughs> when you're not getting paid at all it's hard yeah. to call yourself an actor but you know that's what i was trying to do so i would say that and they would be like oh what are you, what have you been in that i've seen and i would be like oh probably nothing i, I doubt you've seen what i've done and it, i would go home every time feeling terrible feeling like I had no value because I didn't have anything solid that I could gloat about. And it dawned on me, like, why does it seem that my only value is what I do? So I, I actively encourage people not to talk about that unless, you know, unless the conversation naturally leads there, but it, not as the first thing. Yeah, I, I think, and I think that's awesome because you connect on so many different levels then and with women that you would never meet otherwise, which is great. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> and can you talk about some of the hurdles you've faced uh, starting the group? Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> How did you overcome them? <laughs> if you want. <laughs> I don't even know which hurdles reference. Um, I don't know how I found myself running an event-based business in Manhattan. It's insane. Like <laughs> the amount of, oh gosh, the most simple example is I started the group by running monthly cocktail parties and they had no premise other than come as you are, come ready to just open yourself up to others and explore humanity and, and you know, 
spread kindness and positivity and that's it. But, um, <laughs> you know, one of the first really amazing things that happened was that right from the get-go, we got a really good wine sponsor for our cocktail parties, which kind of, and a really good um, venue sponsor that would host us. So, you know, bootstrapping this business and having no funds coming into it um, from the beginning, it helped us to kind of um, put down some roots and be able to grow from there. Uh, but one of the stipulations of the wine company was that for the pictures and things, which of oh. course, they, um, the wine has to be drunk out of actual wine glasses. So oh. I invested in like 50 wine glasses and I had to cart them around. And that was like, <laughs> that was just one piece of 50 pieces that I needed to cart around for every cocktail wow. party. Logistics of running events in New York, transportation, just the expense of everything. Um, it's insane. And then, you know, we're living in a city which during normal times has so many options of things that you can do. So convincing people to come to the events and being like, you know, you're going to get a lot of value out of this. I promise it can open up a whole new world for you. You just have to try and, you know, come. It, it's really hard. It's really hard spreading the word amongst all the different messages that are going around the city and all the different options for things to do. Um, but I think we have come as far as we have through purely my passion um, and perseverance and, you know, just not stopping. And uh, I'm very excited about where we are going to continue to go with this. Yay! It's <laughs> awesome. Um, what has been your favorite event that you've organized? There have been so many. I, it's crazy. I think we've done more than 400 at this point. Wow. It, Really, we, uh, we're, we're averaging six to seven a month, um, have been for the past three years. Uh, so that's cool. I've gotten to Amazing. cool things. Yeah. <laughs> um, the crowd favorite by far, by so far, is that we did goat yoga one day. We took three carpools of um, girls upstate. We partnered with a farm. We had a yoga instructor come. And it's like a trendy thing to do goat yoga where you're doing a yoga class and there's goats walking around. What? And have you not heard about this? No. Oh my God. Where was I? I? It was upstate in a beautiful farm, but you can do it in many places. Um, if you, you know, form partnerships with people who run it. Uh, and the idea is that because goats, I guess are mountain animals, they love to climb onto things. So when you're doing downward dogs or whatnot, they're like jumping on your back and not jumping but getting on your back. <laughs> oh my God. It will forever be probably the favorite event of the camaraderie. No matter if we do skydiving, people are still going to remember goat yoga. Um, wow. <laughs> it was actually so funny because we all expected the goats to be baby goats and they weren't necessarily. So <laughs> you're riding the line between hilarious and painful because these are like goats getting on your back some of the time oh my gosh um, it, it was it was so funny you'd have to just kind of google it and figure it there's really not much to say about it more than what i just said that's literally what it is um but it was such a fun fun day and i love the possibilities that camaraderie events give us to plan and host events that are out of the ordinary you know we're not just yeah happy hours we're doing like a lot of cool thing a lot of cool things um so that's the crowd favorite. And my own favorite, I don't know. I love every single event. It's like trying to choose between your children. I don't yeah. know. That makes sense. I mean, like just for instance, everyone who's listening, she just like, they just went hiking up in the mountains and like went apple picking. So lovely. They're having like, a, a, like 
Halloween pumpkin carving, as well <laughs> as like they have book clubs. That's those are my personal favorites. Or yeah. like puzzle night, like trivia nights. Um, they're so fun. Everything. It runs the gamut. We actually have an event later this month that is, um, we're going to go to Woodstock, the town of Woodstock, and check out the flea market there and go to an orchard and do some apple cider tastings. And in the evening, we're going to a, uh, a drive through haunted house, which what? is a coronavirus times creation because they can't do walk through haunted houses, I, I guess. I'm really nervous. <laughs> Somebody's going to be driving the cars, and I really hope that oh we yeah pump the brakes instead of the accelerator i'm pretty jumpy as it is and i'm gonna be one of the drivers so check oh out the website later on to see how that goes <laughs> that's so fun oh but my yeah, gosh <laughs> we really get to explore all corners of new york uh for events so yeah we're a social group like none other i would say <laughs> Um, and something that we always ask on this podcast, Jane, is um, what is your definition of womanhood? Mm, I love this question. I love this question because it allows me to be completely honest, which means that I will preface this by saying I saw that question in your notes as a, as a possible talking point, And I was like, oh, my God, I have no idea. Like, I'm going to have to Google what other people say is <laughs> womanhood because, like, I don't know. I still feel like I'm 17 um, I'm now 20, I'm almost, thir almost 30, so I, I probably should know. Um, but I love the beauty of this because it allows the person who's answering this question to kind of get really honest with themselves about their personal experience of, of life, life as a woman. And I realized upon thinking about it, for me, womanhood is having the ability to slowly grow into a period of your life where you learn that all of the things you were conditioned to believe or told um, when you were young, all of your childhood experiences um, don't have to define you. And I am definitely somebody who has spent my 20s still for some reason thinking that I had to fit into a cookie cutter of what other people expected me to be or achieve or believe in. Um, and I think as you get older, you start to care less slowly. For anyone who's younger listening, you really start to care less. And I am so excited to th turn 30 and just get there because like, I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be a new phase of just accepting that this is who I am and when not- your birthday? It's next April. It's like so oh, far. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. So no, no, it's not that soon. I just feel it coming. I don't know. I, um, yeah, I think- I've increasingly had time lately to realize the beauty and the magnificence of women. Uh, and it's something that like you thought was kind of like a taboo topic or you had to kind of be a little bit rebellious to believe in the power of women because of society's messages um, or messaging mm -hmm. uh, so much of the time. And I'm just realizing we are magic. Like <laughs> we are pure magic. The capacity that we have for creation of beautiful things and the way that women empathetically naturally see humanity and existence, if you really tune into that, the positivity and the, and just the endless possibilities and the creation that can come from, from women in general is so inspiring and so exciting. So yeah. I love that. The <laughs> endless possibilities that we can all create and what you're doing with the camaraderie. That's, that's womanhood. And that's like creating like a sisterhood, um, within a city. It's really, 
womanhood and, and the creation of the camaraderie has been very challenging for me to drop my fears. Um, you know, it, it's like for so much of your, your, your young life, you want to believe that you're capable of anything and, you know, you can do really powerful things, but you're not sure. And finally, as you arrive into womanhood, I feel like it's just like, okay, I can do whatever I want. I just need to decide what that is and go for it. No one's going to tell me otherwise. Um, so it's, it's a really cool thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's amazing. And if you could, uh, if someone asked you on the street for a piece of advice, um, like a woman stopped you and you had just like a minute to share something with them, what would you say? Oh man, I feel like I need to ask people for this. <laughs> yeah. can, you, can everyone please tell me? <laughs> Uh, I think I would say something along the lines of, um, just constantly, quietly check yourself and make sure that you are for your own benefit, always behaving from a place of love and open-mindedness and that you're not behaving and going through life with a defense or like a fear. I, I feel like I spent so many years just kind of limiting myself and hesitating in different ways because of deep rooted fears, there's nothing to be afraid of, you know? Um, I think taking time to realize that is, is really important. Um, and then for the benefit of others, make sure that you don't allow yourself to just fall into the trap of, of behaving from judgment a lot of the time. I feel like our society puts so many stipulations on everybody and everything that it really gives us like a structure of how we should be. And then we can judge other people based on that. And that's so ridiculous and so unfounded. Mm -hmm. um, so making sure that you're always acting with empathy and compassion and slowing down to get curious about other people and realizing that we're all so naturally different and nothing's ever going to change that. And that's in fact the beautiful part. And also realizing that, you know, everyone's on some level struggling or currently being challenged with something. I don't think challenges ever go away. Um, so don't, don't be hard on others when, when you don't have the right to be and you shouldn't be. That's such a good reminder right now, especially like we all have different notions of what this time means to us and how we're dealing with it. Um, yeah. Like we talked about a little earlier. Yeah. Um, it's, it's important to remember that what works for you isn't going to work for everybody else. And it's another, another cliche, I guess you hear people say, we're all just doing the best that we can, but like meditate on that for a little while. <laughs> we are all <laughs> just doing the best we can. And sometimes we fail. Sometimes we don't have direction. Sometimes, you know, we do things quote unquote wrong, but we're all really trying and you can't impose your entire set on belief of beliefs on everybody else. You really have to allow people space to be who they are and behave in a way that, that works for them. Mm. Well, that's wonderful, Jane. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and how can listeners find out more about the camaraderie and how to come to an event or join? Um, we have a really cute website. <laughs> Everyone says it's cute. It's not supposed to, be supposed to be friendly and easy to navigate, but apparently it's cute. Uh, it's the camaraderie nyc.com. Uh, figure out how to spell it. It's taken me like years to figure out all the <laughs> spelling, but <laughs> I'm sure you can find it easily enough. And then we have our Instagram page, uh, which we often post our upcoming events, um, on there. So amazing. Yeah, on the regular yeah. channels. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, everyone go check out the camaraderie if you live in New York or think about how you can apply some of these amazing insights that Jane has given us oh, to your lives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thank well, you so for much for being on. Yeah. No, I'm <laughs> happy to be talking to you. Alice is amazing. I told her earlier, she's the perfect person to be hosting a podcast like this. And it's such important work to be able to share the stories of women from all over the world and all the different places that we come from and things that we're doing. So thank you for this. Thank you, Jane. <laughs>